They're coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise name. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Who Shot You? It's me, your guest host, Ify Mwadiwe. And today we're joined by film reviews editor of The Wrap, Alonzo Duralde. Alonzo, what's good with you? Well, Ify, I'm still on my audiobook kick. I'm telling you, these free library apps. I'm yes! just like, just can't get enough free. of this stuff. It's also free. Uh, John Waters has a new book out. Mm. It is called Mr. Know-It-All, The Tarnished Wisdom of a Filth Elder. And that is a fantastic title. Yeah, and if you are familiar with his books of essays, they are sort of part memoir where he get, takes you behind the scenes on everything from hairspray all the way through to a dirty shame to uh, uh, recollections of of his favorite old rock and roll and his favorite sort of like political troublemakers. He talks about the the ups and downs of flying first class, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And if you get the audiobook, you get to hear John Waters read it, which is almost redundant because if you read it, you're going to hear it in John Waters' voice right. anyway, <laughs> but this way you eliminate the middleman. So yeah, uh, Mr. Know-It-All, pick it up. Oh, nice. Have My you? Only... Oh, 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 no, no, please. I only had one question, which is uh, how do people know you're smart if they don't see you reading the book? That's the Ooh, only reason you I read. Move your lips while yeah. you listen. <laughs> yeah, I go, into, <laughs> go, I, go, <laughs> I go into Starbucks and just open up bell hooks and just like, look, yes. <laughs> check it out, y'all. You're like, I got rid of my caps lock. That's how committed I am <laughs> to bell hooks. <laughs> That's a real niche joke. Mm. Enjoy out there. The E.E. E. Cummings material is coming exactly. out later. Oh, yeah. People are chuckling to themselves <laughs> right now. Uh, we're also joined by producer and film festival programmer, Drea Clark. Drea, was good? I'm delighted you asked, Ify. Um, So what's good with me is super... I had this thought last week where I was like... Um, Stop talking about Minnesota. You don't live there. I managed to bring it up every single week. It's genuinely embarrassing. It's similar to listening to yourself say the word like all the time. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to bring up Minnesota because what's good with me, Oprah Magazine, <laughs> Oprah Magazine, um, their June issue, they did this sort of state to-do list of like one main exciting thing per state. And the Minnesota choice is my best friends, Scott and Miranda Gray Burlingame, own this amazing toy store with their parents in Kellogg, Minnesota. It's called Lark Toys. And Oprah Magazine picked it as like the representative of the most fun thing you can do in Minnesota. It's amazing. It's um, like I said, it's family owned. It's 20,000 square feet. They have retro games. They have all these things so you can play themselves. There's this beautiful hand carved carousel inside. They make fudge. It has a golf, mini golf with waterfalls. So it's about an hour and a half south of the Twin Cities. Please go. Tell them you're my friend. They'll be so impressed. Wow. But I'm so impressed. It's Oprah Magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you. Did yeah. you say my best friends and Oprah in the same sentence? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, and Chocolate yeah. Fountain. And Minnesota <laughs> does everything yeah. so, just like, so right. Yeah. yeah. The so Mall Dre, of America and then. It's safe to say that you're feeling Minnesota. Oh, girl, <laughs> you landed that. Indeed. Always showing Wisconsin what's up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And plus, you heard that voice, so you know we have a special guest, <laughs> comedian, and host of the brand new hit podcast, Let's Go Atsuko. It's Atsuko Okatsuka. How you doing? What's oh good? My, oh my gosh. I uh, just, I guess, I don't know. People have been telling me what's good, which is they tell me it's Gemini season. I'm more of like I receive people's information and, and I realize maybe that's how I should feel. So I guess it's Gemini season and I'm a Gemini. Like we're hunting Geminis? We're hunting Gemini. <laughs> They no are limit. hot and fresh and vulnerable, apparently, <laughs> because I'm a Gemini and I, I I didn't know what it meant, but they they people keep diagnosing me. Oh, you know? nice, nice. We're like, know. oh, you're overbooked, you're overstressed. <laughs> and are they right? Are they accurate? Like, I guess so, a little bit. I mean, I was late coming in here today because I was. Coming it's because of Gemini place. season. Yeah, yeah it's yes. Gemini season. It's Gemini season. It's all for so. horoscopes. I know it's so funny. I because uh, it really does feel like astrology has really 
blown up as of recently like when black twitter starts using astrology i was like okay cool <laughs> my early experience with black astrology was telling my mom i'm a pisces and her saying stop that that's devil stuff and i was like all right well um, that closed that chapter look you know we're, we're skeptical about vaccinations and and you know climate change and the roundness of the earth so what the hell Why yeah yeah not? let's yeah, just run with the it. stars align and i get along great with pisces if it's good <laughs> I saw that cheeky look, Alonzo. <laughs> oh, what's good with me is, uh, did I talk about Final Fantasy XIV last time I was here? I think I might have. Uh, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Good, good, You didn't. Because I'm deep in it. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm thinking I'm back. Uh, yeah, they have. Uh, John that, Rick, I yeah. got that. I got that. <laughs> you know, making references. Ooh, that, that's going to come right back. Just you wait. <laughs> But yeah, no, Final Fantasy XIV is a multi massively multiplayer online game that takes place in this uh, new uh, universe, but has like thematically the same as like Final Fantasy universes. And they had a crossover event where you get uh, this car from from Final Fantasy XV called the Regalia, which is cool in the sense that, like, uh, for the most part, the game has this, like, kind of medieval-esque vibe where you're riding chocobos, you might, behemoths, uh, mm. fat chocobos, fat cats, mostly animals, so now I have a vehicle, and I'm like, yeah, I'm fancy. <laughs> uh, but to get it in the game, you had to use fake fake currency because there's the in-game currency called gill but then there's a place called the golden saucer there's an in-game casino which you can earn like this golden saucer money so i like was grinding it out on a sunday morning just like playing all these casino games non-stop but now i have the vehicle so is I'm this proud. the final final is this <laughs> I, no, I never. I don't know about Final okay. Fantasy. So, and so is the fourteenth one? No, it's, it's, one. It's, it's is the fourteenth one the Final this Fantasy? Stick. <laughs> we mean it this time. The story like... of the game was when Final Fantasy was made. Uh, they were, they were the, the developer just was f having flop after flop. So his uh, last game, his last attempt, he made Final Fantasy because he thought it was going to be his last game, and right. then it was a hit. And then so he made so the now fourteen. We're we're on. Final Fantasy 15. 15, I yeah. see, I see. But there has been like, there's Final Fantasy 10 and Final Fantasy 10 2 and Final Fantasy Stop. 13 and Final Fantasy 13 oh, 2, man. Final Fantasy Tactics. There's a whole bunch of Final Fantasy re releases. Right. Uh, it's great. I, I couldn't do all of the dorky shit in my life. So, <laughs> video games, I just had to say, like, you know what? Not today. You're like, I'm not going to move over this comic book collection. <laughs> exactly. There's only so I've much chosen room my lane. in my life. Yeah. Exactly. You need enough space for all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on today's episode, we're talking about the romantic comedy Always Be My Maybe, written by and starring Randall Park and Ali Wong. Plus, we'll find out what Asian movie characters we'd want in our friend groups or not. And as always, we have staff picks. But first up, we gotta talk about that it dick. Uh, <laughs> it a dick. It a dick. I called it it dick, but it's it a dick. <laughs> it all works. Uh -huh. uh, it's our news roundup, which is short for Is This Important? Do I Care? So here's how it works We're all gonna read a news headline, and any one of us could jump in and give our take and answer these two questions Is it important, and do I care? So on Monday, the Academy announced it will award four honorary Oscars this year to people who uh, have done great things but do not uh, merit a spot on the TV show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this year's recipients include actress Gina Davis, who will get the Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award for her work on gender equality in the industry. Uh, filmmaker David Lynch gets the statue this year uh, after not winning Best Director <laughs> in 1980 for The Elephant Man or in 1986 for Blue Velvet, or in 2002 for Mulholland Drive. Uh, he also didn't win an Oscar for The Elephant Man screenplay. I assume these are his nominations? Yes. I was like, because we could do a whole list of all the ones he didn't win, but okay. <laughs> yes. Anyway, he's getting an honorary, and the other two are 90-year-old filmmaker Lena Vertmuller, who is the first woman to ever be nominated for Best Director, and Wes Studi, a Cherokee-American actor known for his roles in Last of the Mohicans and Dances with Wolves. Is this important? Do you care? Um, I cared almost more when I misread this, as I told Alonzo, and thought that Lena Wertmuller was Lenny Riefenstahl, who was Hitler's like <laughs> documentary <documentarian>. propaganda <laughs> filmmaker, and I was aghast, um, both because even my terrible math skills, I was like, 
Lenny Riefenstahl is a lot. I didn't even know Lena Wertmuller was still with us. So she she is alive and and about as politically diametrically opposed as Lenny Riefenstahl. That you can <laughs> yes, <get>. exactly. <laughs> but God, like it would suck to be just ninety and you've accomplished that, you know, and then you get just an honorary. Which means you're not part of the team. Honorary just means you're not part of the team team. You know, right? Do they I don't know if they get to do they do the lineup with everybody at the luncheon? Uh, do they get the luncheon? Uh, I don't Listen, the, the luncheon is the make or break. They get, they That's get a, where the best photo they, ops they, other than They the get night. a clip on the show. I know that much. Okay. I think at that point you're like, all right, fuck it. You didn't honor me for all this work I've yeah. done. Yeah. But now I get the life achievement and I'm 90. Fine. Most, you know. Yeah. This, sure. The, the yeah. annoying sort of time travel part is if more women had been nominated and won best director since then, mm-hmm. they would have dragged her out to present one of those Oscars yeah, sure. 20 right. years well, ago and- when, like, freaking my girl... Uh, Barbara, I, t- I waved my nails. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Barbara Streisand deserved it. Well, who uh, didn't get nominated, but also I think that she should have. I, I we don't know that they didn't ask her. You know. Oh, that's fair. Sure. But that's yeah, but like fair. there was no like nobody until Lena Vermeuler in the seventies, and then then nobody again until Jane Campion for the piano. Uh, yeah, like something like sad. twenty years later, it's nutty. I do love West Studi. Yes, that's nice. And I think that the four of them have a nice blend of backgrounds too. Like they're the Academy is clearly doing due diligence at this point of like, okay, Lynch got it, white weirdo auteur got it. <laughs> like they're yeah. they're checking boxes oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. they should be checking. That's what that's what I feel like. This always feels like of it just feels like the Oops Award where it's like ah we ah, we didn't give you the yep we did pick the wrong ones but guess what. <laughs> You get to go to the luncheon, but, but maybe? there is coming back from this. I mean, like, Paul Newman got an honorary one, and then he finally won one, oh, you know, yeah. for, Someone, for Color Running. And I, then and, and Varda was nominated for uh, Faces Places after getting her yes. honorary. Yes. Someone win. got an Oscar the ni- same night they got an honorary, oh. and now it has slipped my oh, mind. Oh, uh, Harold Russell for uh, The Best Years of Our Lives. They, 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 they. Was they, that it? Yeah. The that, guy, the guy who who had 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 his hands blown off in World War II. Yes. Uh, he got nominated for Best Sporting Actor, but I think they thought, well, this is no such way. a big deal that he was in this movie. We want to make sure that he doesn't go yep. home without a trophy, and then he left with two. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So if Lena hangs on for <laughs> maybe yes. maybe another year or two, I bet she is still trying to get a movie sold to somebody. So you know. I'll yeah. Buy it. She's got a script. Um, all right. I'm going to take this one. I don't know if you guys knew this fun news. Some of the states with the best tax incentives for film and TV production are also the worst when it comes to reproductive rights. In the past year, Georgia, Louisiana, Ohio, and Alabama have all passed laws that severely restrict access to abortion, and media companies are now threatening to take their business elsewhere in protest. Um, in response to the heartbeat bill that was recently signed by Georgia's governor, Disney CEO Bob Iger stated, I think many people will, who work for us will not want to work there, and we will have to heed their wishes in that regard. Right now, we're watching it very carefully. Similar shots or similar comments were made um, for other companies, and one of the, like Disney, a good point, owns Marvel, which shoots a ton of their stuff in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I have friends who have, my friend Hannah has been there for years because of that. Um, AMC has threatened to halt production in Georgia if the law takes effect, um, and that's The Walking Dead. Netflix has said it would withdraw withdraw. Um, as well. Other companies that have gone on record saying they'd reconsider production in Georgia include Warner Media, NBC Universal, Sony, CBS, and Viacom. Is this important? Do you care? I mean, if only there was a city close to the industry that can unfuck their tax laws and allow <laughs> these people to shoot close to home. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh man. No, it's it's important. Uh, although what I think it's also interesting to look at the big picture because somebody pointed out that not long after the Netflix uh, CEO was saying, you know, we, we may pull all of our stuff out of Georgia, which I'm in favor of. Uh, they also pointed out that Netflix has made huge contributions to a lot of anti-choice politicians well the Mm -hmm. executives at netflix have not the company no part and parcel companies can't but it was the it was the president also yeah fuck that guy i mean i'm not like (laughs) getting on his train um none of these forced birth laws are real high in my book um i do agree there's my knee-jerk reaction is immediately like yeah fuck that everybody come home please stop funneling money into these jerk-off states but then there's 
similar elements. It's that same thing as soon as like a terrible, you have like Stacey Abrams yeah. get so close and then some ass hat wins instead. Yeah. And you're like, F that state. I hope yeah. you secede. Brr, brr, brr. But the reality is there's all these people working so hard on the ground with progressive intent, like who maybe yeah. work in the film industry and the money that comes in may not... It, affect or matter to the politicians yeah, who are making sure. these decisions um but that's why it does need to be a big enough movement that it will it all they're going to care about is will it affect their re-election possibilities yeah. right and i but right. I, I think also that for when you're talking about a disney or amc like people who are spending a lot of money there yeah that money has clout i mean yeah if we've been force-fed anything over the last couple of decades is that money is speech and money is politics and money is you know a a, a, a freedom of expression or whatever so it's like yeah express that money elsewhere and see how quickly they decide like oh maybe we don't need to yeah. right like yeah. if everybody wants to talk about how much they hate socialism and love capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Let some money do the talking. Because I, I remember when Colorado passed some ridiculous anti-gay law back in like in the 90s or something and there were massive boycotts and they turned it around. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. And that's, that's a, you know, that is an important part of the discussion though is that, you know, there will be jobs lost and, you know, some people who aren't even responsible for it. But I do think it is like in the grand scheme of things I would hope that everyone understands that yeah we have to you know hopefully it's just a flex and they kind of walk it back but if not we do have to start doing action i feel like action right now is more important than ever it's been a lot of talk for way too long so let's you know start enacting action because that's why i think people have gotten bolder is they've been like oh there's been a lot of bark we never get bit Uh, (laughs) yes very true yeah so let's start biting uh, eat more ass oh so (laughs) (laughs) oh is it important i think it is important important i think we're agreed that it's important yeah yeah. and there are also other states part of the 12 states who i mean maybe we should film in hawaii more for a sec i don't know we do you guys i don't know if you've ever heard of the great state of minnesota (laughs) and minnesota Minnesota i bet they would be happy for the new industry you can shoot there for two months a year (laughs) covered in mosquitoes yeah hey Ooh, Otsko. Okay, so all right, this one. The, the, the Elton John movie, Rocket Man, features an orgy scene set to the song Benny and the Jets, in which actor Taron Edgerton <laughs> plays a shirtless Elton John held aloft by a mass of half-naked writhing bodies. Director Dexter Fletcher was going to cut the scene from the film entirely. But, well, said, okay, so this is uh, the director Fletcher in a HuffPo interview. He said, it was really beautiful and kind of... Balletic, 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 what went on there, but it didn't communicate what I wanted it to. Elton had reached a point where he was kind of on self-destruct almost. There was a kind of this uh, shallow attempt to throw himself into a lot of meaningless one-night stands that he would access through this crazy hedonistic world. I wanted to create that, but I didn't want it to be gratuitous. Uh, The producer, David Furnish, who is also Elton John's husband, fought for the scene to stay in. Though the scene was trimmed a bit, it made the cut. Is this important and do we care? Well, it underscores my thought of how this movie was directed and that, like, anything remotely interesting was going to be on the chopping block. <laughs> I, okay, so I read more about this, and um, so it was trimmed, and then, but it was, uh, like, the time left over, you know, was, um, I guess it was supplemented with uh, footage from Elton John's childhood. And so, I mean, that's... Uh, that's a, I that's truly a term. thought you just meant like within this orgy scene. That's what I was yeah. thinking. And too. I was it like, is within this orgy scene. It's so it's like it's, I don't it's, oh, like what I, you're saying. I you know I look I've seen the movie and I don't even remember now. You so. don't remember that? No. Well, that's that's, not, that's I, and I believe you. I just I don't remember the movie it. because Here's the movie what I bored know. the snot out of me. Is it more orgy or more like musical number? Musical number. It's more musical number. Well, right. forget it's it. It's just musical number. Oh, see, then it's yeah, like, me and Dre, we wanted like a monster ball type. We were told there were half-naked writhing bodies. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I would like. I think in a dance number, but that's any other music video. Yeah, that's it's, true. It, it's, a, it's not even as sexy as the coming for you number from the Apple, frankly. Right. <gasps> you did not. The Apple, go rent it. Everybody's staff pick is now the Apple. <laughs> this isn't as tragic as like Russia, like cutting out anything that insinuates he's gay, right? Oh, yeah, I know. That, yeah. that Which sucks. Is the whole and, movie. and I'm sure China will do likewise and, 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 you know, the usual suspects around the world. But right, the, right. the one thing I will give this movie 
is that there is like, unlike Bohemian Rhapsody, where it's a lot of furtive glances, there's some boning in this movie. Nice. Nice. I'm That's nice. what me and Ify are talking about. Yeah. 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 Like to see. Damn, Russia's yeah. going to get a 10-minute movie. I, <laughs> I, I apologize for dragging you into that, man. Oh, no, no. Always drag me into the smut. <laughs> I'm all about it. All right. So we'll be, uh, we'll be right back to talk about Always Be My Maybe. But first, here's a few messages from some uh, super dope shows at Maximum Fun. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. We took the identifying marks off this podcast. Just tell me your impressions. It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close, but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. (gasps) And then watch this rocket blast off into space. And there's the pies we made you. (gasps) Now, let's show you the podcast. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Whoa. Ooh. Oh my goodness. That was 514 JD Power and Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary, but compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your guest host, Ifiwadiwe, and joining me in the studio today are... Drea Clark. Atsuko Kotska. Alonzo Duralde. Ooh, yes. And today, we're talking about Netflix rom-com Always Be My Maybe, starring Ali Wong and Randall Park. Drea, can you give us the briefest synopsis See, of the I film? Get, you, now we're in trouble. Doing it. They just used to put brief and capitalize it. <laughs> now it says the briefest. You guys think I won't keep this going? I'll talk. I'll talk forever. Um, I'm going to start with this. Hello. This is how we greet you. This is what we say every day when we meet you. Yes, yes I learned the rap from Always yes. Be My Maybe, so try me. <laughs> um, the synopsis. Back in the day, in the Bay, two little best friends next door neighbors. Little Ali Wong, little Randall Park. Vibes, best friends, family friends, grew up together. End of their senior year in high school. You guys, they hook up. It's awkward, embarrassing. They part their ways forever. Allie goes on, these are not their names, these are actors' names, but you get it. Allie goes on and becomes a famous celebrity chef. Randall goes on and becomes a stoner rapper singer who works with his dad. They are brought back together um, when Allie comes to the city to open a new restaurant. And sparks sort of accidentally fly as they reacquaint themselves. And um, there's the world's best extended cameo sequence i'll say and life lessons are learned as they grow closer and closer together now i'm just going to go through the entire plot of all of the lord of the rings so that i can stretch this out tell you tell me to do it the briefest that was tough yeah, yeah no that was yeah. great that's always be my maybe but yeah what did you think of the film I, it's, uh, I thought it was a delight. Um, I, I love a rom-com. I, uh, I was kind of reminded of a movie that I liked very much on the show recently, which was Longshot. Me too! Um, particularly because it is a movie about a woman with a happening career and a guy who is sort of less established and less sort of sure what he's doing with himself. And he's the one who's got to step up and figure out if he's going to make changes because her train is leaving the station with or without him. And more than that, there's, I also love a rom-com, so I'm probably biased towards liking it, but it does mean I have a more critical, like I feel personally disappointed when I don't. And I adored this one. I think delight's a great word for it. I find it very charming. And similar to what Alonzo's saying, and I would also attribute this to Longshot, another film I loved and did not get to discuss. (laughs) Just saying. But um, 
with this, it's not ambitious women in rom-coms are generally the first act woman. It's the woman who is, mm. oh, I keep, I'm Reese Witherspoon and I'm type A and I'm Katherine Heigl and I have this checklist right. that I have to go through and I'm planning this wedding for someone else or whatever. And ambition is tied to being a trait that they need to sort of remedy themselves of and just like right. loosen up, get into life, fall in love. And Throw this, your head back and laugh. Yeah, take off the glasses and the bun. You're probably yeah. hot under there. <laughs> and so I really enjoyed that the trajectory of this for her, um, that throughout her ambition and skills, that was never a question of something that needed to be sort of restrained yeah. or put in check. Yeah, that's what I really liked about this one, too. And I was real excited to hear it because I did listen to the long shot episode because that was uh, shortly before my first one. And I, you gushed of it. And, yeah, this one really connected to me in a way that I feel like it's even more relatable than that because I – I, 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 yeah, I love that message of just like, yo, support your partner. Like, stop. Don't pull them back because you feel like, you know, bad about your situation. And that was the theme. That was it. She didn't have to reel it in. She didn't. She was like, all right, deuces. And, uh, and he had to like make the change of being like, oh yeah, I need to suck it up and I am afraid. And that I really liked because I do think, you know, I do like this like dynamic shift of like, you know, the rom-com formula of like the slacker dude is teaching the like <laughs> ambitious woman yes. to chill. And it's like, no, ambition's fine and good because you have a lot of stuff to handle. It's you who needs to keep up. Well, it's also tied to gender and what the expectations are for in a hetero um, relationship of who is doing what and being the bread earner. And there's a small, there's a reveal in this where she has secretly been doing this thing to support him that he didn't know about. Oh my gosh, that, mm -hmm. that got me. And it's, yeah. it's a lovely motion. And I have absolutely, I watched it and was like, oh, I've definitely seen the film version where his reaction to it isn't as in this film, which is uh, oh, a realization of gratitude of, wow, she yeah. had my back and believed in me, but a how dare you undervalue oh, yeah. me. You belittled me as a man. And there's yeah. something, it was so understated, and I credit both Ali Wong and Randall Park for shaping those characters to make them that open. Yeah, I gotta say, all of that yeah. was so well said, and I just, you know, do, I have no words, you know. <laughs> Just what it is a delight. I love a rom com, and I do like what they did with the gender roles. And it was it was cool because at the end of the day, actually, both of them got to continue living their dreams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah without true. yeah, it's like you don't have to. The only thing you have to sacrifice sometimes is just it's a tiny thing. Sometimes it's just support your partner. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I always look for and enjoy in like movies about people of color written by people of color is just like whenever that happens it is our chance to be like oh this is this is this is what it's like this is different for us and like i felt like in this one it was like asians aren't a monolith you know yes this idea of a model asian like you like i would see ali wong's character in another movie everyone like it's always like super successful super smart but to see like randall park stoner and then right. even go further and have that woo his like first uh, girlfriend who's like everyone I met in San Francisco ever. Uh, <laughs> that was so exciting to me. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking, like, I bet there are there are jokes in this movie that I don't even know are jokes. Right. And I, like, mm -hmm. I, I was like, Otsuko, if, you, if there are anything you can point out, because, like, I've, I've, a lot of Asian-American people I know on Twitter very much objected to Randall Park's mother saying to young Ali Wong, call me Judy. They were like, no, <laughs> never, never. But I don't Shut know like, if, if that scanned for you. I mean, well, I, I it's, a, it's different for me. I feel like a lot of Asian-American stories, I, I'm first generation, I moved here. And mm. so a lot of it, and then like I was undocumented. There's a lot of weird things. So like for me, like it was- Humble brag. You know, you know <laughs> lived in a garage for seven years, <laughs> no papers, you know. Uh, so when I was living it up, you know, these stories, whether even if it was like um, Joy Luck Club, like even we we weren't told to like take off our shoes, for example. I mm. think that's one that Asian Twitter went crazy about. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I saw me in that. You know? <laughs> uh, but it, I, I think actually it was like pretty like universally re relatable, like every even the jokes, well, even, yeah. if, even with uh, I think there was just some class comments, you know, mm. just like there was a comment right where she was like, you know, like. Like uh, rich people don't wear tuxes anymore. There, it's all about like wearing <laughs> yeah. a t-shirt and the, stuff. 
Oh um, yeah, the eleven thousand so dollar like homeless that. T-shirt. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. Comments like that, I feel like that that that's something immigrants might be like. I I don't I don't know what you talk talk you're talking about. I mean, I I believe that the more specific that you make a movie, the more universal it becomes. Totally. Like, yeah. Like the reason that my big fat Greek wedding was a hit mm-hmm. among non Greeks was yeah. because there was so much stuff in that family that reflected you know the child of immigrant experience. Like I'm a child of immigrants. I definitely you know, recognize certain things in a movie like this that, you know, where you have that cultural divide from what your parents upbringing, you know, versus your own and stuff, you know, but yeah, so I, 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 and I, like you were saying, I, I love getting to feel like I'm privy to conversations that are never going to happen around me, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but, but but also like his character is Korean and hers is Vietnamese, right? She's Vietnamese and Chinese. Oh, okay. Her, Her parents are by... By country, a- by Asian, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, I was, I was just gonna say, <laughs> right. speaking with specificity, there was something to when she comes next door yeah. and his mother's preparing some kimchi based oh, thing, right. and the mother and I found it very pointed. It's in the first five minutes, and his mm-hmm. mother says to her, um, like in a joking, teasing way, that me as a white girl would have gotten of, "Are you sure you're not Korean?" And right. I loved that <laughs> as the small slide of like, yeah, don't assume that. They're not both from the same yeah, right. cultural right. backgrounds. Right. And even tying that into the filmmaking of it, because a lot of rom-coms, they'll put their time and energy into play. Like, they don't always try and make something that feels grand or feels interesting. Like, they'll be more into, like, the moments or they won't have enough budget to expand on things. And this one, I thought... There's this small thing, but like you can tell what a budget is of a film of how many extras it has. <laughs> and this film has numerous scenes oh, yeah. with tons of people. And right. and it took advantage of visual things. Like the, the how they introduced the idea of having to take your shoes off. Mm. They have two little girls running up to this party. They get to the front door. They take they their take shoes off. off. <laughs> they carry them through the house. And then they put them on again when they get to the back door and run to the backyard. <laughs> and it's that idea of this is a film that was taking... It was hitting on a lot of cylinders. It oh, was, yeah. we're checking boxes about filmmaking. We're checking boxes about insights to culture. Like, it was it was doing a lot of stuff and having fun while yeah. it did it. I, I will say that I was, it was refreshing that The Rock, the thing that was keeping them apart, wasn't a parent. A parent. Yeah. Like, oh, interesting. You know, like the dad, because, like, because he keeps trying to say that it's maybe the dad. The dad needs me. He's a, you know, he needs me. I'm his caretaker, uh, you know. And then, but even from the beginning, the dad's like very refreshing and fun to watch. And he's like, like finding girlfriends on his own and yeah, stuff. And he's right. fine, you know. And so it was, it was refreshing that it was like, oh no, it's it's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's me. I have issues. I can't. I need to grow up. Yeah. That's yeah. The um the casting in this of Ali Wong saying she very specifically wanted um the the different love interests to all have an Asian heritage. Yes. Which I think is wonderful anyway. And if you're gonna be um if you're gonna have enough like oomph behind you to get to make those calls, those are the calls you wanna be making, right? right. And it's also nice because so often especially the Asian male lead um, will be someone who that's the one that will event, be the quickest neutered role. Oh, yeah. Like oh, it'll yeah. be the okay. one that's like pushed to the side. So like the white guy can rise or whatever. Yeah. Like 20 years ago when I was programming a festival, I, I there was a short film that I wish I could find the maker of it, but it was called something like some questions for 32 kisses. And it oh. was, it was a white male, Asian female, kisses from Hollywood movies Uh edited together with this narration from the filmmaker who was an Asian American man Uh talking about the absence of Asian American sort of sexual, you know, imagery and that kind of thing. Um, And so, yeah, like, remember, was it you who who watched The Lover way too many times? Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) First off, there's not too many times to watch The Lover. Fair (laughs) enough. But when that movie came out, and I think we talked about this whenever it came up, was it was very unusual in... Mm -hmm. American cinema to see an Asian man as a romantic sexual lead. And I think that's been changing, you know, too slowly. But in this movie, you're right. Yeah, we do get this sort of great smorgasbord. And Randall Park, as somebody who I've always seen as kind of like comedic, you know, sitcom guy or movie second banana, like is a snack in this film. He is a great leading man. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. a very, like, people... 
it's not just the role you're playing, right? Like, oh, I happen to be stepping in and reading. There's something about the leading man, the leading woman, like having those roles, there's a lot on your shoulders. And he steps up to it. Like he, I, I thought he was great. And I agree. It was also nice to see more of what he could do. You know, when you see someone do something just a little different and a little excited and you're For like, sure. yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And Ali Wong's uh, eyeglass frame game apparently, was super on point. Apparently, she uses she gets sunglasses and puts prescription lenses in them. So that's why because they're like the coolest shape. So shapes. do I. Yeah. Well, oh my god, that's dudes. what these are. The, that's why I call you Ali Wong. The funeral scene was so distracting for me because that goth Ali Wong aesthetic. Where I like <laughs> fell in love and I rewinded it a few times to really drink it in. Yes. Because that is, if you remember. The things I like. Oh, that's right. Lydia Deeds. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it for me. I need this. What is this show? Well, let's see this movie. What's going on? I get it. I get that this is going to be a present day story, but is there going to be another flashback? Are we living this? I want to say something really quick about like the, you know, Asian women seeing, because a lot of times it does get framed in like, you know, Asian, oh, the Asian women always chooses a white guy or the Asian it's there's a lot of like gender stuff still with that where it's like oh you never you always see an Asian girl with a white guy and and this time it was nice because you see an Asian girl with all these Asian men you know and and when it comes to like when it's just talking about like um, you know and it's true historically Asian men have been like you know quote unquote like emasculated or painted as not sexy but um, what was cool about this movie you know and and, um, my friend comedian uh, Jess Tom talked about this on Twitter too there's a thread it's really amazing if you have time to go check it out but what was cool about this movie is that it's uh, Asian couple being portrayed you know Asian American couple being portrayed at all because if we want to talk about like the other way around there's a lot of Asian American dude movies where it's Asian dudes chasing white girls, Harold and Kumar, you know, even TV shows like um, Master of None, right? And it's so like, yes, there were there were all kinds of that. There was the daddy energy of Daniel Day Kim, and then there was the dad energy of Randall Park, and then it's still it's still <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> or, or and and it's or you know or. Uh, Keanu, I don't know what his energy is like. Oh my God, a just witch? pop a weirdo. And but yeah, it was just like about different energies, and it was truly focused on something else. I'm trying to figure. I think out. what ties into that is there's also something of you know we saw it with Crazy Rich Asians, but where we are now, the idea of being able to have a two leads that are Asian adds to us being able to see that if that makes any sense like normally you would have your white lead and then like oh we're and someone else we're gonna do it you know well it's like i was saying about that movie the sun is also a star like Mm -hmm. here's a movie set in Mm -hmm. new york with not a single white speaking role in it and Mm. are there any white speaking roles in this movie i mean like maybe very tangential characters so you know and i probably the tailor you know, I I think I, I think that like that's right, that's you know right. you could it, it 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 makes perfect sense for a movie to be set in San Francisco and not yes. have any significant white voices in it. And heaven knows we've seen the reverse a gajillion so times. Many times. So right. yeah, like you know we're a good we could do another fifty years worth of these. Yeah. <laughs> and not and, and finally achieve parody. So yeah, I think you know and not even just the, for the idea of like oh they're the romantic leads or oh you know they get to be sexual or whatever. It's just that like it's their story and it doesn't have to yeah. be filtered through you know this this sort of like who they think is an audience surrogate as though the audience all looked the same right so uh how about randall's rapping in hello peril you could call me hercules best believe i punched keanu reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed i'm telling you for real i punched neo he could duck bullets but he couldn't duck me Uh, i will say you know i'm usually like you know not the biggest fan of your like gym class hero, your flowbot style <laughs> rapping. But you know, when when I see, you know, Randall Park, I was I was on board. I actually really like it. He but, holds it down. Yeah. My yeah. husband said, Did the bare naked ladies write this music? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not wrong. He's got one week. Um I thought he did great. And I think the other thing is 
I don't know his level of musicality, but he his flow was on, and he oh, yeah. also on stage did exactly what that character needed to do, which was he did come across as charismatic. Yeah, and he like his whole thing with those the like promotional tennis balls <laughs> and then he like makes a joke about writing a song about it and then he does and it's yeah. actually a pretty cute song to we're supposed to get an indication of oh there's actual talent here he's yeah. not he, like he's he's good enough to do it well enough so that he can later do a scene where he does it badly and we can tell the difference yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. you know which is i think a tricky thing to do and if 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 it all has to be there just so we can get to the closing credit song yes i'll take it <laughs> um uh, randall park used to be in a rap group just bt oh I would so he, he knows would yeah he uh, he grew up out here i if i remember correctly him and my uh good buddy carl tart went to the same school hamilton out uh here oh, in yeah. la but uh different age gap Shout out yeah hamilton. Uh, I, yeah i guess full disclosure uh on at midnight when randall park was on i wrote with him so oh, we nice. had a bonding moment we both talked about being from LA, West Coast, West Coast, but we don't text now, so I'm not that oh. biased. Uh. If you see, you could have got a good review, Randall, if you would have texted back, but <laughs> till the guy. Yeah. And you could have talked to him about you know, the usually I'm not into this kind of rapping, but yeah. That been, but that <laughs> <been> <laughs> People love that when you start a compliment <laughs> by like negging them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, at this point, I know two yeah. Asians that rapped in high school because Miles Gray, who does the Daily Zeitgeist, my oh, buddy, yeah. he was in yeah. a rap group with uh, Shia LaBeouf. And yes. he also is oh from LA. God. Yeah. And he went and played me the old track, uh, the old track oh. with Shia LaBeouf on Ooh. it. And I got to say, so you're saying oh. you're saying it's Miles's fault. Yeah, it's my, not, Miles is the reason. Not to brag, and this is in the more of the white guy thing, but I have a track of Martin Starr rapping, and it's delightful. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I will Timothy say, Chalamet can bust a rhyme. Oh, oh that's true. Oh, yeah. I do like the the name Hello Peril. Um, yes, and that playing with the idea of Yellow Peril. Like yeah. I thought that was it, such that a was one of those beat, clever. Beat. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, but I felt a lot of this was like that. There is one unforgivable mistake in this film, which is that Daniel Day Kim, who is like super restaurant connected, like celebrity chef oh, guy, uh -huh. re oh. refers to Jose Andreas. I'm like, dude. I thought he said Jose. He, no, no, he, he says said Jose. Jose. That, that's he? very true. Oh, my brain that? just collect, corrected I thought it. they were trying to say like he's an asshole. He doesn't try to learn. Oh. <laughs> maybe. Maybe because that's I, a joke I, I missed. Like, but like, I mean, no. Yeah. like uh, No one's ever told him. <laughs> I will say the best. The, I love character. I could listen to or watch a whole movie that's just people who are making fun of other characters by describing them, such as Ali Wan describing her boyfriend. She's like, no, he's 50, but he's like... He wears a lot of Under Armour, and <laughs> like all of her descriptions of him were my. I could right. have just done an hour and a half of that. No, it's true. <laughs> so wait, and the last thing, because I do want to make. Does anyone else have anything to say about Keanu? Oh, because yeah. his the self satire of it. When I didn't know he was playing a version. of... Oh, that's sort of spoilery. Oh, it, it's been okay. on Netflix for a week. Oh, People fair. Know. Yeah. I didn't know he was playing a version of himself, like a heightened version. I thought I was. I it, mostly when I saw the casting, it made me remember how much I loved it. Ready when he popped up in. Um, what's the Diane Keaton um, Something's, Something's Gotta, gotta give. give I was like oh lovely I love him in a rom-com it's sort <laughs> yeah. of an ensemble player mm -hmm. and then when he rolled in as like the douchiest <laughs> Keanu ever oh his whole th it it made me so no, happy that is a that is a genius cameo from start to finish down to the choice of the like bro cock rock songs that are playing in his oh, hotel yeah. room oh, yeah. in oh, the background God. when they're playing Truth or Dare oh. hit me yeah. <laughs> the I just like that alone, like any guy that's gonna say hit me, oh, yeah. I yeah. know who that guy is. I'm yeah. dying. Wait, so I'm is is it like he's but he's not known as an asshole. So this no, is he's just known all as like a, a consummately nice professional so this is a completely dude. Like this was just a yeah. Yeah. like a I just fake, wanted to make sure. Yes. <laughs> I know, but it is funny. I one thing that I think this movie also did really well that I think really needs to be taken down a peg, especially in LA, San Francisco, and fucking New York. York is these like hyper like destination restaurants with all their <laughs> dumb bullshit that doesn't like feed you well. It's like <laughs> fuck. 
don't know. Like, it makes me so mad. And maybe it's because my mom's from Louisiana, the South. So I'm used to big portions yes. and food that yeah. after you eat, you take a nap. Yeah. And so, but all these restaurants, and then I, and then you drink the Kool Aid. You're in the city and you drink the Kool Aid and you go to these places and you're like, yeah, that was tasty, but I'm still hungry. Like, yes. that, right, I right. would totally eat those lavender infused bubbles. <laughs> that was a great. I loved, do you have anything inspired by the idea of time? Oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. It and was they were brilliant. Like, I'm glad you asked. We do. <laughs> oh, I'm really so happy. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I'm the, with you. I'm with you on the restaurant yeah. front. Well, when it's a more performance and it's like, now you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. And you're like, where is my food? Yeah, yeah. It's like, if I wanted this, I, I would have went to a Benihana's. Like, or, yeah, that's, that's a performance, okay? Or the Magic Castle. Yeah. Where, <laughs> you know? And I would have just been hungry. Yeah. Because I walked around the Magic Castle while people tried to tell me what was disappearing and what was not. Okay, so I guess we have to finally do our review. Uh, So screen it, stream it, or skip it. Or I guess is it just stream it or skip it? Screen it's not an option. Uh, Well, no, it is. It is, I think, opening. (laughs) It it played like a couple of screens in New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. Just for the for Oscars or whatever, but yeah, for sure. a 99.5% of people who see this movie will be watching it on Netflix. So yes, I would say screen it, but stream it because you'll probably stream it, but you should see it because it's great. Stream the shit out of that. Yeah. It's charming and fun and yes, just watch it. I've said everything. I agree. Stream it. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, team stream it, screen it if you can. I would love to see what it would look like on a big screen, but it was great. I was I was watching this last night and I, I and it was something where I I I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch this, and I was up. Like that's how good it was. Like I was no longer sleepy. I was <laughs> invested in this movie. But uh, you know, uh, it's about that time where we shut up for a bit and let y'all listen to these great messages from uh, our f- friends here at Maximum Fun. But uh, when we get back, we're gonna have lots of fun stuff for you, like uh, this game that we have, the friend group game. But stop, you're not getting it yet. <laughs> First, these messages. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? Welcome back to Who Shot You? I'm your host, Ify Wadiwe, and joining me in the studio today is Alonzo Duraldi, Otsuko Okatsuka, Drea Clark. Ooh, and it's time for the friend group game. <laughs> for this next segment, producer Laura will play a clip of an Asian character from the big screen. Each of us will then decide if we want this character in our posse of friends and explain why or why not. Got it? Good. First off, right out the gate, uh, we're going to go with The Hangover. So here's a clip of Mr. Chow from The Hangover, played by Ken Jeong. <laughs> Funny fat guy fall on my face. That's cool. Of course, dude. That is cool. Gotcha! Now, give me money. Or I shoot him, and I shoot all you motherfuckers. And then we take it. Your choice, bitches. Uh, no. Hard pass. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing with putting the wild card in your group. You really got to know, and you can't ever know, but the limits of that wild card. Chow is way too much wild card for this gal. Yeah. Yeah. I I run with the very tame cat owning bunch. I I can't have <laughs> yeah, any Mr. No, Chow in that. Exactly, it's about like considering your friends too. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. They're gonna be yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely like that person who you're at the party with <laughs> where you're like, all right, we gotta leave. We gotta <laughs> we gotta go. I can't can't have this energy. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Sorry. I've I've known him since I was a kid. You. Uh, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna just carry him out. There's a lot happening. Oh, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's a no for me as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next up, we're going to do The Love Guru, uh, which has been played by Ben Kingsley. Deepak, you will enjoy love in all forms. Maurice, 
You must wear this chastity belt. Chastity belt? That sucks. Once you have learned that self-love is more important than being loved by others, you may remove the belt. Um, question. If we take Ben Kingsley from The Love Guru, is he going to bring the chastity belt with him? Ah, is that part of the, is it a package deal? My question to that is, do you want the chastity belt? <laughs> would it, yeah, I mean, is that, would that change, that would change your answer? <laughs> yes. If he comes with the chastity belt, then it's a yes for me. I'm pretty much an automatic no for anything that has anything to do with the love guru. Um, <laughs> having actually seen the film. Um, ben Kingsley from the Wackness, let's talk, but uh, no. Um, ben Kingsley from Iron Man 3. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Um, I would take the Mandarin. Yeah. I'd take that guy. Although I would also be apologizing for him at parties a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a pass on the love guru as well. Uh, you know, they... all right, you guys, it's a free chastity belt. I'm just saying. Yeah, like... yeah, but then he's. I mean, he kind of talks a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, you know. And it's like that friend who like always, you know, give, gives you like relationship advice, but advice. won't listen to yours. Like I listen mm. to your trash advice, and and it ruined my relationship. So you gotta at least do something. But yeah. then, but then they 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 try and couch it like it's coming from a spiritual place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so you it's... can't question their bullshit. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just Fair. all like faux wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Too much, maybe. Yeah. So now all around, next up is short round from an Indiana Jones. Indy, I love you! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! No time for love, Dr. Jones! <laughs> okay, first, dibs on short round. Yeah. Like, all my whole life, I don't have kids because what I actually want. Well, I want this in like um, a constructive, healthy way. <laughs> I just want a chubby child sidekick oh, yeah. because that is where it's at. Preferably, I would currently want the kid who plays Ricky Baker on um, The Hunt for the Wilder People. But, uh. like, chubby child sidekick. I know Short Round's not actually chubby, but a girl can dream. <laughs> short Round, we're name. literally just listening to him saving Indy's life, you guys. Yeah, I know. You've got to want that. Do you guys want loyal. that? He's loyal. And That's I just I feel like, say, yeah. and also I feel like, you know, I, I want him in my friend group, too, also, because I just feel like, <sighs> have you seen what Short Round's up to these days, the actor? No. You know, Are I you going to bum me out? Well, I just feel like I want to give him a chance. I, like, okay. he's still, like, he's, like, in his Is he 50s? one of those people that, like, left the business and became a nuclear physicist or something? Yeah, like, he's he just, seems like, like, I don't uh, know what racist. he was saying. No, like, the guy who was chunk <laughs> in the Goonies no, he's like an, an is now an entertainment lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, but I don't think Short Round is acting anymore. I don't know. With all that knowledge, and Short Round was always a good friend to Indy. Like, uh, yeah, he uh, oh, totally... Yeah. Yeah. Introduce oh, him for sure. Yeah, Indiana Jones did not deserve Short Round. No. I want someone loyal like that. Short Round is the type of person where it's like, we out. And they're not going to say, he? they're not going <laughs> to inundate you with questions like, what are we doing? Why do you have that shotgun? Right. Oh, we let rolling. me, let yeah. me give you a piece of advice really quick. Yeah. He never did that. Yeah. yeah. You know what? The thing with Short Round is we need to earn him better than Indiana did. Yes. That's yeah. Every day. Yeah. That's like right. Matt Damon <laughs> in Saving beautiful. Private Benjamin. <laughs> you have to earn <laughs> Short Round. <laughs> Saving Private Benjamin. Benjamin. That, was it. <laughs> yes. that was beautiful. Holy that that movie I would oh. watch again. Goldie Hawn storming the beach of Normandy. <laughs> yes, please. Just to save. With Eileen Brennan. Stop it. I love it so much. Oh. I'm not going to say anything else. I'll never say anything better than that. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Oliver Sin from Crazy Rich Asians, played by Nico Santos. All of it. And I would throw in a Korean snail face mask. Mm. Sweetie, your skin is so dry, it's hurting my face. Thank you. Yo, it's about time someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. Well, you, not me. Oh, God. She can't know I was over here. Oh, no. What? What? Okay, let's get to work. Cappuccino. All right, step back, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) He's mine. (laughs) My thing is... Um, my friend group is already mostly comprised of this character. <laughs> like, I have about seven of these. Um, not to paint them all with the same brush, but they would be really mad if I left them out of that brush. You know what I'm saying? I uh, I do not have enough gays in my life who will, <laughs> who will apply sure. uh, a, a, an exfoliating mask. 
But also and also rich. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. This guy is rich too. That's fair. So that's a different. A baller with a good skincare routine. Count <laughs> me in. Let's go. <laughs> also, I just want to point out face masks generally don't exfoliate. It's more of a moisturizing, nourishing. Just, oh, just so you guys so know. See, this is why I don't know these things. I, I don't, don't need an I Oliver. I don't have a life. You're right. good. You, you know. Are, you yeah. already know. You are your own Oliver. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Kristen, the boss from Set It Up. Kristen is played by Lucy Liu, and in this scene, her assistant Harper has entered the office, and Kristen begins to describe what happened on her date the night before. I'm a successful woman. I don't need to travel with a pathetic man-child who can't even feed himself. Of course not. Here's a riddle. Would you tell me that you love Korean barbecue even though you've never eaten it? No. And didn't know what it was? No. And if we went there, would you refuse to let me explain how it works? Eat raw meat rather than admit you were wrong. And then blame me when you threw it up on a hot grill! Never. I do want to point out that that date was with Tay Diggs. Oh, oh. So when you're picturing that, yeah. she was on a date with Tay Diggs. I, look, I will do anything to be next to Lucy Liu. The answer is yes. A uh, hundred times yes. Yes, a million times. Yes, yes, please. I wonder yes. if my friend group too, she has a good head on her shoulders, at least from the clip that I heard. Yeah. I am always happy to go get Korean barbecue with somebody who understands the grill. Yes. Yeah. Because I mm-hmm. burn things. Yeah. Also, she's the boss lady, so she could probably pay. As they, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the check okay, is who doesn't want to have um, a friend with discerning taste and a good pocketbook <laughs> yeah. um, who's very candid about their needs? Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm looking she for. Truly, the, the whole full package. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, and uh, I guess next we'll be playing two clips, but you'll only be able to add one of the following two characters to your friend group. Uh, the clips are from Harold and Kumar uh, go to White Castle, so it's between Harold and Kumar. Here's Harold. What are you going to tell Berenson? That I'm your workhorse? That you guys think you can party all weekend? Leave the work to the quiet Asian guy in the office? No, no, no. you don't understand. No, 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 you don't understand. I'm not doing your work for you anymore. And if either one of you douchebags ever tries to pull this shit again, I'll go to Berenson myself. I'll tell him what's really going on. And I'll tell the whole office how you both caught gonorrhea from that prostitute in Atlantic City. And next... Kumar. Excuse me, what Dr. Lee is trying to say is that we need to sedate the patient or he could go into cardiac arrest. All right, I'll get the anesthesiologist. Hang on a second, nurse. Well, we should probably use his marijuana. That'll sufficiently sedate the patient for surgery. Marijuana? But why? We don't have time for questions. We need marijuana now, as much of it as possible. Like a big bag of it. So right out the gate, I, as someone who has watched Harold, it's going to be Harold for me because it's Harold and Kumar is a, a buddy a comedy, and there's always the the buddy who's like sensible and the buddy who's always doing too much all the time needs to rein it in, and they kind of learn their lesson, but in the end, you know they're still assholes, and that is Kumar. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm Team Harold also. Yeah, I think I think Kumar in real life would. Be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm too much of a herald to have a herald. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would need a Kumar, if that makes sense. Oh, that, totally. that makes for sense. Yes. 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 These for are balance. words we're saying now, uh, yeah, like indeed. they have meaning. Yes. Sure. That makes sense. Otsuko, how about you? I think it would be Harold. I, I don't uh, remember Kumar the movie. All to me. Did that guy? Did Kumar just? I don't remember. Did he poison the guy? Not poison him. He just used. He needed the weed for himself. He wanted the weed. Yeah, for himself. Oh, no. Yeah. Because they went to this hospital thinking there would be medical marijuana. I'll be friends with Harold. Yeah, Harold. All right. right. More Kumar for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So those are our friends. Also, that actor worked for Obama, so (laughs) joke's on you guys. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, Yeah, Cal Penn right now is killing it. Kumar (laughs) is not. Kumar is in jail. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then, no, no, no. At the end of the Christmas movie, it looked like they were going to work everything out. So. <laughs> yes. But now it's time for staff picks. Every week we ask the panel to tell us about a movie we think folks should check out. Any movie at all. Um, all right. So my film this week uh, is a motion picture that premiered at Sundance in January. It's called The Last Black Man in San Francisco, directed by Joe Talbot, and it's written and starring this guy that I think is incredible named Jimmy Fails. I think Jimmy Fails the fourth, actually, mm. um, who plays 
a, it's oh, it's beautifully shot and really wonderfully done, very immersive. But he plays this guy who his like the family lore is that his um, grandfather built this basically a Victorian house in San Francisco. And of course, with gentrification and everything else, um, he's been pushed out and he and his he like basically squats with his friend. And so it's all about him trying to reclaim um, a family, a sense of family that actually wasn't ever real. So it has a lyrical quality. It has a kind of um, a, that coming of age as an adult element to it. Um, he skateboards all over the city, which somehow is the most cinematic thing I've ever seen. And it's he and his best friend, who I think are both real finds and have really distinctive voices and interesting performances. And um, and it is a haunting ending. And I will just put that there. Yeah, because I, I just saw the movie this week and oh. there, there were chunks of it where I was like, Boy, we are tonally all over the place. Mm-hmm. I don't get what the where we're going here. But then it's like, ooh, you nailed the landing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> agreed. It's it's a it's ambitious. It's for sure yeah. one of those first time films where they're aiming for something, and like I always prefer those more. And it's playing in. I wrote it down, but it's playing in um, theatrically. L.A., New York, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Chicago, Cambridge, Atlanta. So it's playing in a handful of cities, so do check it out. A24 is releasing that. Okay. Well, if you live in Los Angeles, uh, this weekend at the New Beverly, uh, on Saturday night, there is a rare 35-millimeter midnight screening of Can't Stop the Music, (laughs) which I, I, for my money, I will watch... I watch many more times in my life than I will ever watch Rocket Man again. Uh, it, it, it is also a sort of like, you know, barely true biopic with a lot of jukebox numbers in it, performed by the actual people, the village people, as it turns out. And it's Steve Gutenberg's um, best film. Oh, Steve Gutenberg killing it. Uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, um, fresh off the Olympics, uh, directed by Nancy Walker. It's an insane film. It's mm. terrible, but in the greatest way. And it's, it's a car accident I never tire of watching. Um, if you are not in Los Angeles, however, there's a brand new Blu-ray of Can't Stop the Music coming out on July, June 11th from Shout Selects. There is a commentary track featuring Bruce Valanche and my friend Jeffrey Schwartz, who directed the documentary The Fabulous Alan Carr about the producer of Can't Stop the Music in Greece and Broadway's La Cage Full and a lot of other stuff and the infamous 1989 Academy Awards show, um, or 1990 rather, or no, sorry, 89. Anyway, Can't Stop the Music, it's bananas. If you've never seen it and you can see it on the big screen, do it. And if not, get the Blu-ray. My pick, uh, you know, now with Godzilla in the movies and everyone feeling some way about it, I will say, uh, if you haven't, uh, definitely check out Shin Godzilla because (gasps) I loved it. And I had a friend kind of bring it up in the conversation about the new Godzilla. And it's, you know, by the original Toho. And it is a treat and a half truly cannot recommend it enough or maybe you're a new godzilla baby and you're like "Ooh, i'm, I'm thirsty for more thick lizards god's <laughs> shin godzilla it's, it's up it's great it's the veep of godzilla movie <laughs> yeah i don't want to give one because i don't want to make your listeners any dumber <laughs> no do it oh, now you do i should do an independent film of course we should support like independent uh, oh, no, I, did, I did can't stop the music no no that's Come true on. or like things that are coming back for a temporary time <laughs> yeah, for, no, no. For it can be anything night. anything well i mean gosh it's okay so i've found out that i'm really basic but i mean <sighs> if you haven't seen it i don't know why it's something that just truly touched my heart and it's old it's been a while now, but um, Paddington 2. Oh my god, yes! First off, you're basically flirting with Alonzo. You're in a safe space. Oh, oh, oh. It's okay. He (laughs) loves it. We all love it. Okay, yeah, yeah, Paddington 2. And I just, I like, I I even want more, you know? I wish there was a Paddington 3. I think there should be a Paddington 3. I've been pitching it around town. (laughs) It's uh, it's where, where. Pat- Paddington it lives in West Hollywood, and it's 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 a love story because he's a, he's and he's a bear. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's uh, call me by your marmalade, uh, <laughs> and it's part three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Sign me up. I'll but in watch the meantime, it. too, for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's a good pick. Next week, uh, unfortunately, I will not be here oh. to discuss the movie Dark Phoenix, which you know mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, box office smash. <laughs> I'm telling you, Alonzo's <laughs> gonna love it. Drea's gonna have rave reviews. I'm gonna just say they're just not gonna be able to talk about how great this movie is. Oh, uh, <laughs> we are not. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, y'all. Five-star reviews, get a shout-out on the show. And uh, this five-star review goes, I now know of Annie DeFranco, thanks to Drea. It's on nice. Annie. Annie, oh, Annie oh, DeFranco. Okay. Show, show some uh, respect. Oh, <laughs> Ani DeFranco. I should have known by the way it wasn't spelled like Annie. Uh, <laughs> T Ballistic uh, left that and said, Hello, crew. Just wanted to drop five stars your way. I've been a fan of Alonzo's work since seeing him on the Rotten Tomatoes show back in the day. Ooh. Not only did he inspire me to up my glasses games, oh. but he was also one of the first reviewers whom I felt was providing a perspective I had not past, co- uh, past considered as a cis white straight male, aka the fertilizer for much of this <laughs> <laughs> Having no. consumed this podcast like a good banana bread and hearing the love, uh, love a girl walks home alone at night, uh, a too good film. I consider the people on this show an essential voice toward progress, not just for myself, but for all inter- for all entertainment. I know how to say entertainment. I promise. <laughs> The more voices such as these we can find and consider, the better our art and the world will be. Keep up the rage and stay good, Thomas. Thanks, Aww, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. Thomas. Nice. You are not evil. Thomas is a yeah. good guy. Good guy. I, I yeah. think he's evil. He didn't have any iffy praise. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of good draft one. Hit me back with draft two. Uh, talk about how thick I am in these shorts. I mean, these quads, they're they're really... Uh, I'll post the thirst trap on Instagram later tonight. You're, there's a lot of leg happening in yeah, this Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. Whew, it's my season. It's my season. Thicky boy season. Uh <laughs> I want to thank my guests uh, for coming by. Thank you so much, Drea, Alonzo, Atsuko. Where can people find y'all? I'm online at Atsuko Comedy. Comedy spelled... <laughs> I get it. See? That's the thing. Uh, it's spelled a- Atsuko spelled A-T-S-U-K-O. Oh, man. Well, and me, I'm Ify Wadiwe, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E, on Twitter and Instagram, If these on Twitch for all my nerds. Uh, and if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at WhoShotYouPod or send an email to WhoShotYou at MaximumFun.org. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. And this is a production of MaximumFun.org. Bye-bye. Boom. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.